Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I will be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing The Menu. It's a movie about food and more. We're going to do that here in a second. But first up, joining me tonight from Manhattan, New York City, please welcome Mr. John Schnars to the show. Hi, Eric. Next up, from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. And last up, I'm actually, I don't actually fully remember where this person is coming from. Philadelphia, question mark? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Phoenixville. Is that there in Pennsylvania? It is Pennsylvania. Love it. Yep. It's uh, the greater Philadelphia. Please welcome area. back for the second time here in the show, uh, Mr. Joe Ferry. How's it going? Good, Joe. You People might remember you joined us for episode 666, where we reviewed oh. The Devils. Hell yeah. Ken Russell's yeah. masterpiece. Just a, a fantastic movie. How could they forget? I think about it often, that movie. It's really good. I do yep. think about that movie, too. It's, it's so yeah. good. So glad we watched it's it. It's rare to see a movie that old that, like, had remained that obscure to me until I saw it. Like, I had never even heard of it until the day I saw it. It's wild. Um, well, okay. <laughs> That's impressive. Well, who, that might say more about you than the movie, but... Uh, <laughs> you know. I'm out there, John. I know things about movies. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Uh, John, I, I'm I'm sick as a dog. You might be able to hear it <laughs> in my voice. Um, I mainly went through it's an insult show. to dogs. Really, I mainly went, <laughs> I mainly went through with the show tonight um, so that we could treat it as a PSA for me, so I could get on and tell people get your flu vaccine because mm-hmm. this flu not messing around. I know a lot of people getting it too. It's not like, Oof. you know, every other year. I feel like we're the yeah, four year old, the, the six year old. I've been out of school all week. I thought I was going to like, cause I, I got my vaccine like a week and a half before they got sick. And then, but then spent two straight days with my four year old in particular, just like spitting into my mouth practically, you know, the way kids are <laughs> like when they're sick. And uh, yeah, man, it finally caught up with me. Took me, took me the hell out. It's not great. I probably had it. One of my kids had it. And then the rest of us got like way less sick, but I had had vaccine. And so I don't know, but well, and I, I, I sort of have a muted version slightly from what everybody else had. So I guess it could have been worse, Mm -hmm. but it it always can be hard to imagine. You could have died. You you could be dead. I know people die from the flu all the time, John. It does. It happens. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's okay. I'm drinking my Pedialyte. <laughs> Ready to go. In a mug? What are you drinking that out of? Uh, I, uh, I got out of a mason jar. Okay. Oh, my sure. gosh. Like healthy Howard Hughes over here. <laughs> Why not a to-go food container? That's know? a good way to describe me, Joe. I like that. I'll put that on my business card. All right. Um, let's do it. Let's take a quick break and discuss the menu. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Fuck the front time. Main feature. I'll tell you what, reason number two, John, um, mm-hmm. why this show never happened. I'm just going to skip the bumper, apparently. I was going to ask if we were doing bumpers tonight. or you're just Well, like I put it in and post anyway, so <laughs> people will have heard it and now be wondering what this conversation's about. Uh-huh. Um, I almost completely forgot to go see this movie. Like, we don't do a lot of theatrical anymore, so it's like I got to really build it into my schedule. But you I saw ha- it early. Well, I, I saw know. it on Saturday, but I on Friday night, I just happened to right before bed go, 
I got to write myself a note. I wrote myself a note that said C movie and put mm-hmm. it on my keyboard. Slept in the next day, got up to take my sweet time making food, sat down on my computer and was like, oh my God. Like I completely forgot about the movie. <laughs> but I, I think I told you guys, I saw this Wednesday afternoon because I didn't have to work and it was delightful. This was like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So it's been a week. I mean, this is like as long as I've gone between watching a movie and then having to do the show. I guess we'll see how it goes. Kicking his feet up there in the theater. God, it was amazing. My kids were still at school. Nothing beats that. When you are when you are not working and your kids are at school, it's the best. (laughs) So you're going to theater like in Manhattan. Yeah, there's like a million of them though. Yeah. What what's the situation like? Just describe it for me. I mean, the one I went to was not super nice. There were probably 10 people out of, uh, you know, 250 person theater. I mean, it was middle of the day on a Wednesday. How many uh, of them appeared to be homeless? Zero, zero. It was uh, the the group sitting behind me was three people over the age of 70 who were having a delightful time. Oh, man. (laughs) Very chatty. You just reminded me. So I was in. A crazy weird, like, first of all, I was in like a zombie mall. Like this used to be a mall. Then it was mm-hmm. half converted to a strip mall, but you can still go inside. And it's all weird, like act play kid zones. And like, there's a aquarium. It's like, if Joe was here, we could chat about this mall because he's from the same place. But uh, other Joe. But um, so I go in and they're like, okay, you're in theater nine. Okay. And he's pointing back out the door I came in and I was like he's like yeah go out there and like take it I was like back into the mall he's like yeah I'm like okay so I go and you walk out (coughs) to the right there's just like a creepy murder door out in the mall adjacent to the theater and I walked in and it was like uh, I don't know like a 50 person theater or something like very small little theater with a very awesome. small screen. Yeah, it ended up being fine, but no stadium seating. So that's only going to work for me if it's not full. Cause like people can't sit in front of me or I can't see. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. Um, but there was like a family, an older family, I guess, like a couple people in their like 40s or 50s and then a woman in their 70s, her 70s behind me. And that was kind of it. And the movie, I'll save my review, but the, the mm. movie finished and I, I hear the old lady. Well, that's an hour and a half of my life. I'll never get back. (laughs) And I wanted to be like, first of all, lady, that was like an hour 55. So you lost more time than you thought. (laughs) But yeah, that was my experience. I'll tell you what I do like about the theater, though, is I bought with Fandango and they still Mm -hmm. gave me a printed ticket for Uh, my collection. You're like one of the 10 people remaining that wants to print a ticket. Well, except for the the last couple of years with Fandango. I have mm-hmm. every, I've said this on the show before, but I have every movie ticket going back to, I think it's, uh, which Batman had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, which was a 95. The f- yeah. The fourth one. Yeah. So Black I have every hundreds yes, of movie go. tickets going back to the mid nineties until this stretch the last couple of years where I started using Fandango. So I might have to keep going you- to the zombie theater to keep getting them. What do you do with them? Um, they- they're largely just in a box. Uh, I've had dreams of like displaying them, but I don't know. I'm just, I like keeping them. Makes me feel good. Uh, you you uh, strike me as a collector, Joe. You don't understand that instinct. Uh, 
for for movie tickets not necessarily no i, I mean uh, you're recording right now in the the basement room of a creepy collector so like i, I would expect <laughs> you to understand true. this my elvira vial Look, right here don't try to Listen, convince anybody you're not a creep I occasionally right? like <laughs> occasionally like when i'm not saying that occasionally when i'm moving or like cleaning or something i'll bust them out it's really fucking cool to be like Oh, here's my ticket from Scream 2 in like 1998 or something. And then, we're, you know, it's, it's a good memory. I like it. And I have a terrible memory. So 90% of those movies, I don't <laughs> remember seeing them until I see the ticket. You're like, yeah. did I see that movie? And then you have to pull out your box <laughs> and you start flipping through. The thing. Hold on a second. Let me <laughs> I flip signed through. up for um, uh, whatever it's called, the AMC A-list. Not the paid version, but just like the one where you get points. And then like occasionally they give you free things. Uh-huh. I used to have it when I was in like high school and now I have it again. It's like a, it's like a, I don't know, an old jacket you find. Well, that's just, so you, that's just like, a still mem- got it. That's just a member card thing. Right? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I'll probably, at some point, if we start going enough, I would upgrade to like, you know, you get like a little extra pat on the bottom when you get in there. I don't know. But, so, <laughs> well, man. Schnars, uh, that's been theater talk here in BGH. It's been a while, you know, since you've been mm-hmm. back in. I figured it was due. It's true. Uh, please bring us the word of the day. I was getting nervous. You weren't going to play the the thinger, and then you did. The so thanks. <laughs> Today's word is amuse bouche. Mm. It's two mm-hmm. words. It's two words, but okay. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it. I don't know. I'm seeing it like with a hyphen, so okay. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna count it. I would have um, also I would have also accepted emulsion. That, you know, look, I could have <laughs> pulled the crowd, but I thought you know I'm gonna bring bring come prepared. Uh, it actually so the definition for a mousse bouche says another term for a mousse gel, or G U E. U-L-E, I don't know, it's friggin', I, I, I don't do uh, French. Um, well, that explains it. <laughs> yeah, amuse-bouche means amuse mouth, I guess. Um, a, it's a small savory item of food served as an appetizer before a meal. The important dis- distinction between the amuse-bouche and an actual appetizer is the amuse-bouche is typically prepared and selected by the chef, presented, free of charge it's sort of like a it's like a warm-up to the appetizer um and it's always a delight i would say if you get one you strike me as a well. you strike me as a person that's had an amuse-bouche before i can't say as, as i've had one yeah. i mean what? this is the this is the secret of this episode tonight folks we're really so, gonna find out how one percent schnorz is on this episode i mean well we, we can get into it but it's not that one <laughs> percent i wouldn't say so like in context <laughs> would that be their clams on the boat yeah, well, those were it was an oyster, I believe. But yeah, well, yeah, oyster claim. Well, yeah. la di da. I'm from Indiana. They're the same thing. Right? <laughs> Look, the, of the four of us, one worked as a, a sous chef for some period of time. I mean, that's true. We'll get to that in a second, John. Why don't you tell me right. what the menu is about? The menu. Oh fuck! I didn't. I didn't pull up the IMDb beforehand. Um, <laughs> although I was, I was doing some research earlier today. Um, comes to us from director Mark Mylod, my lord. How do you say his <laughs> last name? My lord. No, Mylod. M Y L O D. Um, he uh, 
folks will know him primarily as a TV director. Um, he's also one of the creators of Succession. He directed a bunch of Game of Thrones. Um, he, you know, he's done tons of stuff in the TV space. I think this is his second full-length feature. Um, it says he's won two Emmys. Uh, he also did uh, direct Casey because you mentioned it earlier. Shameless. Um, he directed a bunch of those. Um, I do like so. Shameless. Say again. I said I do like Shameless. I, you know, I've only ever seen maybe like a couple episodes. Um, the the cast here, I mean, it's big. Like I don't. I'm not even going to try to name everyone. The the main the important characters I'd say, or the, the sort of like primary characters. You have Anya Taylor Joy, Joy playing. Margot, uh, and then you have Ralph Fiennes, Rafe Fiennes, I believe is how he pronounces it, playing Chef Slowick. Um, and we find Margot, uh, uh, she is with a young gentleman, Tyler, played by Nicholas Hoot, Hoot, Holt, I don't know how you say that one, um, but he's great, love that guy, and they are going on a date. And he, they're going to this extremely exclusive, expensive dining experience. He tells her it's about twelve fifty a plate. There's only twelve diners that are allowed to be there at any given time. It, they have to get on a boat to go out to this private island. So it's this setup of like very exclusive dining experience in this, you know, modern but also somewhat rustic. I don't know. It's a very interesting like architectural design. You know, interior design. Uh, space therein, um, but there's this whole like crew of people of whom Margot is sort of the one we're experiencing this through. Um, it's it's not sorry if you're hearing sirens. It's not immediately is that a clear. siren? It sounds it sounds like a science fiction chainsaw is what it sounds like. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we got all kinds of sirens around here. Um, it's not it's not immediately clear to anyone that anything strange is going on. Margot is experiencing everything as strange because it's a little bit of a fish out of water scenario for her, which we don't know her backstory, but it is revealed sort of to us over time. Well, and everybody, um, everybody else is so like haughty and pretentious that she's just immediately like, Oh, well, and they're all super excited because this is like a very, I mean, this is a big deal. Like, it's hard to get a table at this restaurant. They only have 12 people per day, or they probably only do a couple of days a week. I mean, it's so to even have this experience is rare. And so everyone else is like super hyped about it. And she's sort of just like, whatever, you know, which again, we sort of come to learn why later. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, you all saw this in some cases very recently. So yes. I can't remember exactly who the first person to die is, but you know, eventually it's, it starts to the, the relationship between the diners and the chef. I think and the, the first thing that happens is the older white dude gets his finger cut off. Isn't that the first, like, no, it's okay. the sous chef. I thought, I thought this, the sous chef that came yeah, out. Maybe you're right. The sous the chef, mess. the sous chef suicide. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe you're I think right. he was first. Okay. Well, in any event, I mean, it is there. There is becoming like this increasingly tense relationship between the chef and the the staff, and then the diners. Um, the chef at, before each um, uh, service, before each meal, or not meal, but um, dish, comes out and sort of like does like a little story. That's like his thing, and um, it, it, like 
the first one is fairly straightforward. And then it's like the second one is like a little like, what, what is he talking about? And then the third one, it starts to get increasingly to the point where they, he comes out and he introduces the mess, which at which point one of the sous chefs comes out, puts a gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger. And that just like obviously sent, you know, sort but of, but point, it's still like, but then he's like, oh, it's all part of the show. And they, everybody just yeah. convinces that's a part of the humor that we can really dig into is like the way these people are repeatedly, some of them even to a crazy degree, able to convince themselves like it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's known as a showman. Like, like no, there's almost like to your point, nothing that would surprise them, at, you know, is what it seems. And so, yeah, they are, ju- they justify a lot. And, and then, eventually like nasty and nastier and nastier things begin to happen. Uh, and yeah, let's just cover it as we go. Love it. All right. As our guest, Mr. Joe, what'd you think? I loved it. Um, I, I had PTSD a little bit going into it of just being a little worried considering all of my time living in a kitchen and, Everything that comes with that. And also I have So you were enough ex- you were a sous chef. Yes. For how long? And I, I thought uh, you actually lived in a kitchen. Like there was like a bed in like an old apartment that <laughs> I, I've slept uh in the basement of said restaurant uh more than one night. Yes. Was it is it a was it a Philly restaurant? Like what, is it something I would have ne- heard of? Uh no, it was actually in Westchester. Uh High Street Cafe, a uh, little Cajun Creole place. Hmm. I feel like I've heard of it, but that's like, it could just be because it has a somewhat common sound. Okay, Philly guys, calm down. I think it's it's, uh, known as Voodoo, probably uh, towards the end of uh, my tenure there. Okay. But when I got in, it was High Street Cafe. Um, Yeah, and I've had that experience of dealing with one, the hoity-toity food people. Uh, I've been to private dinners very similar to this and that was probably the most jarring moment uh what that the the opening little uh the the treat uh the my most favorite one was uh i got served a uh emulsified egg (laughs) reinserted into a quail's egg with caviar on top and everybody was just acting like this is just something like oh it's okay and all this like when the fuck are you ever gonna be handed this again it's uh it's an experience you were a diner in this experience or you were like in the i was a diner in that experience um but yeah and enough kitchen like stories to probably fill the show yeah so you're like the guy you're like the guy who takes the girl on the date in this movie (laughs) oh absolutely <laughs> the fuck not <laughs> okay glad to, glad to clarify that's an Although, insult that is insulting Eric. well I mean without giving too much away I, I do like supporting some industries uh but <laughs> oh alright I yeah we'll we can come back to that <laughs> gotcha I like okay. it but back, back to the movie I, I loved it I thought it was biting um for lack of a better pun, um, great performances all around, and really, uh, it, 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 I kind of knew where it where it was going. I wanted to see a little bit more of John Leguizamo. Uh, oh, that's funny because when he shows up on screen, I'm, I almost like I, I'm 
exaggerating, but I fucking hate John Leguizamo. <laughs> so when I saw him in this movie, I was like, oh man, but he's, he's all right. Well, he got through this without a single reference to the jerk and, or no, was it the, the pest? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which Yikes. that's like an immediate, like half star reduction in my book. Uh, he did. What was the movie that he was referencing though, that they kept bringing up? Oh God. The reason it. he was there. In fact. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the name of it? Cause uh, it was like, it was some doc- it was like a doctor thing. I can't remember. Uh, well, we can yeah. find it yeah. in any we event. Can figure that out. <laughs> Either way, uh, I-, I liked it. It-, it. it was good. If you like uh, your food, and I'm not sure if I'd actually consider this a horror, even though there is death, uh, more like a black comedy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a, a big thumbs up for me. I would call this a horror. I feel like we're having this debate all the time now, and I don't understand where it's coming from. This is clearly a horror movie. Motherfuckers it's... getting their fingers chopped off for being like for suicide. What other genre would accept this? Movie? I I actually think it is a fair question, and I actually had this conversation with someone at work. Um, what it's happened to the comedy. what happened I mean, to the big tent of horror, John? No, no, totally. And that is where I land, which is like I we accept it because we accept a lot of like there's movies that are less horror than this that we've certainly that we've got on the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did do Dark Knight. That was a that was a previous era, <laughs> but um, previous administration. No, it's um, it, look. I think it was one of the challenges that this movie had, and why like it's done okay, and like people have seen it. I think it's like getting good word of mouth to a certain extent, but it didn't like blow the doors off because I think they really struggled to market it. They, the original trailers definitely sold this more horror. And if anything, I felt like it did a little bit of a dessert. Like I went in expecting more and then it actually is interesting, you know, but in any minute, um, were you, were you done? Anybody? I'm sorry. I was asking if you were done so we can see what Casey thought. I was just going to ask if anybody else expected them to start eating people. No, everything yeah. was on the table. I did not I think thought. about that actually. Yeah. That was the first thing Colleen, when I got back from the movie tonight asked me was, so it was it Voldemort serving the people. Like, yeah, but I also, <laughs> I mean, when I tell you this is the best way for me to see a movie, I didn't see a trailer. I didn't see a poster. I knew thing zero about this movie going in, which is like yeah. the best way I feel like, uh, Casey, I ended up enjoying this movie quite a bit, too. There were aspects of it that I was not sure about coming out of the movie. But after going through the email chains uh, from earlier today and noticing and when Schnars pointed out uh, Mark Mylod and his connection to uh, Succession, it all clicked into place for me. It's like, oh, okay, I get exactly what they're going for once you realize it was Succession because I've watched enough of that. It's a funny movie, really. It's a black comedy I would argue more on the black comedy side too, but it was different uh, from what I expected. And it was pretty entertaining to uh, watch it roll out. Some of the motivations, I don't know that I fully buy into, but I think that's part of the succession uh, formula, kind of that type of humor and satire that they're going for here. But they, uh, so I had some questions on that. I would argue that this movie could have been a little bit shorter by maybe 10 15 minutes but not bad um but overall yeah it was great and it was a solid cast it was a great cast and 
I think there's some that we could have gotten more performances out of some of the cast that weren't fully utilized, uh, that could have been utilized even better. Um, but nobody was bad. Like, uh, Schnarge, you had mentioned like wanting to see more Judith light. I would have been done with that too. She was pretty good. Man. I haven't seen her since the eighties. <laughs> Get out. She's done stuff. Oh yeah. She's been in a bunch of stuff. She's been around. Um, yeah, look, I, I love this movie. I had a really fun time. Some of it may have been that I was just like excited to be at the movies in the middle of the day, you know, on a weekday. But um, I, I think it really, it's a bit, to me, it's about the performances. Like there are just some great actors getting to chew on scenery and just act goofy and have a lot of fun. Um, you know, like people all the way up to like this guy who plays the sommelier, Peter Grows. Um, he's great. Like there's just, there's just these random folks here. I mean, there are people, you know, character actors, people who do a lot of TV. There are, there's several people who are in succession or who have been in shameless and things like that. Um, you mentioned John Languizamo, uh, the woman who plays the, um, restaurant critic, her name's Janet McTeer. I was like, I'm like, I thought she was great. And I'm like, where do I know her from? She's a big character in Ozark. I don't know if y'all saw Ozark. Yeah. I, I was going to yeah. say it was nice to see her. Cause I, I love her. She's one of the highlights of Ozark. I feel like. Oh, and this is totally different. Like she's getting to like do something fun. And, like, by the way, the la- by the way, I'll take my opportunity to say that the last season of Ozark is one of the worst things that I've ever seen. Oh, wow. We haven't finished it, but we're... I couldn't, fi- I couldn't finish the last season. It's so bad. Oh, interesting. Um, I actually had somebody on Slack describe what actually happens in the end because I didn't want to watch it. I was like, <laughs> somebody DM me and just spoil it because I can't. Um, the other guy I mentioned him earlier, but Nicholas, I think it's Holt probably. Um, I just, maybe, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show last week, but I just rewatched Mad Max for the first time since theaters. And I forgot oh, he was in that movie. Isn't he and the spray amazing. paint dude or something? He's, He's also like, the beast. I was going to say, I recognize oh, him as yeah. young, the beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's young. Kelsey I love that Grammar. guy. He was in uh Jack and the Beanstalk like that. Or Jack, Jack, the giant slayer. I can't remember what it was. I saw that on TV. And skins. Skin, oh. Skins. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, like it's, I mean, Ray Fiennes is incredible. This is like, yeah, in some ways, like the ideal role for him. Have you, Suzanne, my wife just showed me, I guess during the like media, uh, tour that he was doing for this, he did a bit on some late night show where he was reading, um, real housewives. He was like reenacting real housewives, (laughs) uh, monologues. He's just the best. Like he just does fun shit. He's clearly having a great time. The role is like pretty demented. I mean, to the point where like, it's not at the end, I'm like, I don't 100% know that this all like hangs together. But I mean, but it's so right. It, like you could, it's such a borderline or not even borderline, like campy role, but it's just yeah. all intensity yeah. from him. But it comes off as so funny. Like it's a really funny movie. Oh, exactly. That's yeah, that's I and I'm totally agree. Um, I guess like if I had one or two pieces of criticism and one we can I, I can go into later because it's probably less important to me. I felt like there was a little bit of a lack of tension that comes out of mostly the, the the screenwriting and the way that they kind of he he basically explains what's happening fairly early in the film, and so a lot of the tension then is just like, is Anya Taylor Joy going to survive? Or See, not? that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> no, I'm just thinking now because I actually because yeah. I actually think it takes a little while to get to like the meat of some of it. But he does sort of pull her aside early on. Well, I had similar problems with some of that too, Ed. But they threw in a one-liner from uh, Ray Fiennes there towards the end as things start getting chaotic that kind of answered by same questions. Like, you know, they told you, he told you early on what's going on here and whatnot. I'm sitting there watching this movie. It's like, why is everybody going on with it? And then there's a one-off line later where he's like, you guys didn't even try to do anything. (laughs) I should say the other big piece of tension is why are each of the characters there? And the movie, it's it's, almost Saw-esque in that sense. Yeah. Well, this is, I think the other Again, it's a related challenge, but like it's trying to do a lot, right? Because it's introducing you to a very big cast of characters. It's setting up this like, uh, you know, situation where the chef wants to kill them all, basically, or has planned to kill them all. Somewhat of a spoiler, but not really. It's kind of like in the trailer. And um, but then you then you have this question of like, what is his relationship to them or does he have one? And in some cases, he like kind of does. And like, I felt like some of those relationships were also like not a hundred percent explained. Like, well, it's not about relationships so much as like what it what it turns out to be is that he has some of them are specific. Like, I have a problem with you. Yeah, like some of them are different. like archetypes. Like, yeah, this true. type of person has ruined being a chef for me. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously like would have taken a little more uh, research on his end to like find these people. But yeah. Um, I think this movie is really great. Uh, You know what it reminded me of? This movie is like the first, like I checked to see if this was a Blumhouse movie because this is like the first five years of Blumhouse when they just suddenly hit the scene and were like had all these hits in a row. They were scripts exactly like this where it's a small movie with a small cast with just a very, like this is a log line. Like this is an interesting idea. This is very unlike everything else being made. Um, and so, but the difference here is that they put like a list casting money behind it. Um, it's, it's not that small a cast either. Like there are well, a yeah, lot yeah. of, well, but I mean, there's not, it's not roles. like there's a ton of extras yeah. and set pieces. Like 90% yeah. of the movie is one room. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, That's true. but they spend that extra money to get like a Ray fines. Um, on, on, is it Anya or on? Anya, Anya yeah. Taylor Joy. By the way, that room was very nice. Like that was like, yeah. I mean, maybe that's like an existing restaurant they it's, found, but it's really it's. And there's a bunch of other like kind of character reactors. I feel like where specifically getting Ray Fines for this movie just brings the whole thing together. My favorite character is actually Sleeper. My favorite character is the hostess. Mm. Yeah. Her like thinly veiled contempt for everyone in that room is so amazing, and the way she just like. Um, controls what the people are doing with just like little, little like verbal things and body language. It's, it's so good. And I just when like, she kept t- tucking in the like frat bro or the uh, finance bros. Like, yeah. <laughs> like to me, I, she, to me, she adds to the tension because yeah, you know, Ray finds is like the bad guy, but he in the beginning is not have like, she's like his surrogate. So he's not having a lot of, direct contact with the people in the beginning, but she's walking the room and getting right up in their faces, making shit like really uncomfortable. And that's where like a lot of the first half of the tension really comes from. Um, this movie is, so I'm like, I should just full disclosure. I'm like an anti foodie. (laughs) 
I do like Eric. That's like the least. No, of course, of course. Well, listen, (laughs) I was always like that because this is like very pretentious in a way that I don't really relate to. But then, because of health issues, like food has become such a utilitarian thing for me that I'm so much more alienated from the concept of food is like enjoyment honestly that it's just like i don't i don't get it but it's also like and this movie really gets into this like it is so tied in with class and money um mm-hmm. which for yeah. me just you know i mean you know john that pings a lot of other things for me that get me upset <laughs> i don't know if you know this like, about me i i don't i love the interview like revealing things. <laughs> it's like no we know we but the movie hurt. is so good about pulling all those strings and like and it does take a little bit to get wound up that i I almost couldn't handle the pretentiousness in the first act. And I was like, I was texting you, did, you, you guys about it. You texted us and you were like, these food people, I, I can't fucking them. take it. I was like ready to fucking <laughs> strangle somebody. But like, yeah. that's the whole point of the movie. The movie is setting up, you know, what? what's funny though in the end is that it's not that the chef is fighting back against pretentiousness in all forms. It's no, that he, he has he his own the food culture. He, he is the, the most culture. pretentious. It's just they're being pretentious about it in ways that's rubbing him the wrong, you know, that like mm-hmm. steps on his funk. And so he's like, well, fuck you guys. Um, it. What I really want to know is like the people per person who wrote this. Are they like Joe? Were they a sous chef? Were they like a, a real chef at some point? Were they like a food like who who which archetype in this movie was this person? Because they clearly had a lot of first-hand experience in this world and have a lot of strong thoughts about these archetypes, right? Because that's where a script like this comes from. But I just wondered, like, where was, where was the perspective on this? Um, you know, it's really gory. I don't know if it's gory. Like, it's really bloody. There's some, like, pretty, pretty violent scenes. It's extremely funny. Um, I do think it's pretty tense, although, you know, like you said, John, it's, it's a little weird the way they play with letting the characters know so much. The um, scenes themselves are tense, for sure. Right. It's like it's, the plot it's that tension. The, like, yeah, the arc is a little uneven, I think. Um, and, you know, and I did enjoy, I think what the big, the bigger mystery of the film becomes is who is Anya Taylor-Joy? Why is she there? Like, what they reveal pretty often is that, like, in a different version of this movie, they keep it a secret the whole time that these people were handpicked. But like that's not really what this movie does because really early on he picks her aside and he takes her aside. The first thing he says to her is like, I hand curated this group of people and you weren't supposed to be here. So when he's saying to her, you're not supposed to be here, it's mostly that he's just like, I don't know if you're a person I need revenge on. (laughs) It's really all he means. You know, like he like he's got a weird code of ethics with it, sort of. Well, Um, because he even presents her that choice at the end. Like, are you with them? Or us. I mean, it's still twisted, but it's like that the, he has some code related. It's to all not this even stuff. that it's a, I mean, it, you're right. It, there's like a code thing going on, but it's also when he says he handpicked it, like the way they're thinking about the meal is the people are part of it's like the meal is the experience and the people were handpicked to all be part of the experience, which like culminates <laughs> with the final scene, which we got to talk about. But, um, she was not like, yeah, like it yeah. disrupted his plan. And he's like this anal retentive chef. Well, because this, I mean, the, like, like each of these revenge pieces know, but... is like part of his art. Yeah. Right. And like now he's got to think on the fly because he doesn't yeah. really know she it's is. It's not just about him though, because it's also, we also come to learn that it's about like there, the other, all of the staff is with him in this, what's happening. Like I really liked the, um, 
the female chef. Yes. Is everyone called like a sous chef is a specific role. This is a Joe question, I guess. Right. Yeah. Like she could have been like a different, like the whatever assistant chef or I don't know what her title was, but she like, she's clearly, she's made a personal decision and she even has like a moment of like, with with the other women like hey like this is why we're doing this and you know like that i did like the way that it was that was meted out or some of that exposition was handled yeah well a lot of the go ahead joe oh no casey i was gonna say a lot of the tension that i thought everything surrounding anna taylor joy from the beginning of this movie was really added a lot to that tension because they made it pretty clear as soon as she shows up at the uh, island in the first time and Elsa, the gal that uh, Eric was talking about, his favorite was checking people in and, you know, she's like, well, this isn't Mrs. Weatherstone or whatever that Nicholas yeah. Holt's other girlfriend was. So, you know, there's something right. And then when you see Ray Fiennes start coming out the first time and he's staring her down. And it makes it pretty obvious that it, she's not supposed to be there, but you don't know why. And it's a great way to build this tension throughout this thing that you don't really know what's going on. And that adds even more mystery to it. And that's what really kind of sucked me into it. It's like, wow, what's going on? But he does tell – he tells yeah. her sort of like not directly but somewhat you know, obliquely, let's say. And then he just tells them all. Right. With still like a whole hour. I don't know. Not it's like mid third act as opposed to Joe, like, you look ever, Joe, you, know? you look pregnant in thought over there. Oh no, I'm just smiling. Uh <laughs> thinking about all the moments of the the idea a chef loves to control. Um mm-hmm. every executive chef I've worked with, it's the the kitchen is theirs and it's their domain. Um Bourdain always says it best that the uh, a good kitchen staff is a pirate crew. And it is people that can work outside of would never be able to work outside the bounds in normal society that somehow their qualities all work perfectly when placed in this specific circumstance. But you need a, a person at the helm. And with uh, was it uh, uh, Chef Stolwick's need for control on this? And it, Margot is essentially a chaos point that comes in and throws all of that right. into oblivion. And I fucking love that because it's like <laughs> everything going to shit in the middle of the weeds. Joe, what do you think the percentage of head chefs are that are narcissists? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess extremely high. I'd probably high. say like 80. Right. <laughs> and that's probably like lowball on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're high functioning narcissists. Yeah, they found the thing that they can do and be, yeah, uh, you, you, they can they can function in society, whether or not it's high or low, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So at some point, what they reveal about Annie Taylor-Joy is that she is a, a lady of the nights. Um, she's a she's a call girl. She's, she's not a sec- like, she's come a on, sex you're making, Yeah. Yeah. What what do you, what's the difference? But lady of the night. Is I was like a, pretty, a turn of phrase, John. OK, <laughs> relax. Um, but what's, (laughs) so what's weird though, is I feel like the movie is cheating a little bit on, so like, given that she's a professional, like she, why she doesn't, she, I would, it feels to me like she wouldn't care that she was there as a replacement date for somebody else. 
But before they reveal to you who she is, every time she looks at a place card or somebody calls her name, she gives a look that to me is like borderline too emotionally invested. Because what the movie wants you to think early on is that this is the new girlfriend who's like, oh, this girl was in his life. But she doesn't give a fuck. Like she doesn't really. I mean, when you learn who that character is later. I totally agree. I think so. I think it's just like a tweak of like her reaction was like a little too far in one direction. It was it was definitely that was a little it was I mean, they were doing it to throw you off, obviously. But I also think it was a a little bit of a cheat. I mean, look, she's she's a a very like high priced working girl situation. It seems like like she's she's here on this like all night date. It was obviously very expensive. She he tells her right up front how expensive the meal was. And they have like this very I don't know, like their whole uh, back and forth between her and Nicholas Holt's character, you know, t- Tim or whatever the hell his name is. Um, it's very strange. I don't know. And so it's like, funny in hindsight, the way he keeps joking to her that like, I didn't date those girls cause they wouldn't say yes to me like you did or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he keeps making <laughs> references to like how he didn't go to the prom cause nobody said yes to him. And like, yeah, it's, I, well, that's where I, part of me is almost like, I wonder on second watch, like knowing what you know right, now, like right. if it holds up maybe a little better. Here's, what I, lo- to, like, here's what I love about her character though. And I think it's actually, it's actually, this part's actually very consistent that once we kind of find out who she is, what we see about her character is that she is very like independent and strong-willed in a way that makes sense once you figure out who she is. Like she doesn't take shit from anybody just because she's in this place She's not doing the things that are like expected of her by being in this place, which is a thing that I relate to, John, being just a petulant <laughs> pain in the ass. Like, I mean, really. But like, you know, the other people are easily pushed around by the chef and the staff. And they're easily sort of like corralled back into their place. And she is not at any point in the movie. And it, it almost is where this begrudging respect between her and the chef starts to build at some point. Yeah. Um, and I, well, she's that stuff is interesting. She doesn't really want to be there. Like right. everybody else has paid over a thousand dollars for the like ability just to like be there. You know, that's a lot of money for a meal. <laughs> like, and, oh, yeah. and you know, I mean, I even super rich people, I think recognize like, all right, like this is a real experience. Like, and which is what gives, the chef as much power as he has. It's why when we were talking about earlier, they're willing to sort of say like, Oh, this is just this is part of the show. Like don't, you know, even when things like start to get really crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, so she is like, she, she is independent and like, she definitely has, you know, there's a, there's a streak. Her character, I, I let her character is consistent in that way that you're talking about, but it's also like, she's not supposed to be there. She didn't want to be there. Like right. she's, she's there working, you know? And she's dressed uh, in like the perfect way to kind of exemplify that, right? Everybody else there is in like perfect costume for their character, and she comes in, and it's the, like the black boots with a almost elegant dinner dress, where it almost clashes but still kind of works. And then when you realize kind of the role she's playing, which at, to counterpoint the, your entire perception of her behavior in the first act, maybe he paid for the full girlfriend experience. Right. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought it all worked uh, really well together. Joe, well, tell me so, what you know about the girlfriend experience. <laughs> <laughs> I know Steven Soderbergh yeah. made a movie. <laughs> um, 
can we talk about the the um, Nicholas Holt character, Tyler? I kept coming from one come. Which one is that? Is that Kelsey he's Graham the one that Virginia? she's there with, right? Yeah. So he, this was like the one thing that was like a little confusing to me was the fact that the chef. And this is very spoilery. Like this is like a fairly big reveal. So like we should just lay down blanket spoiler warning because I do want to talk about the ending of the movie. To me, though, this, this this the exchange between the two of them is like a bigger spoiler than the end of the movie. Like you know what's going to happen at the end at some level before the end happens. This thing with him, where so the chef explains to him something along the lines of I or, or tells to him in front of um, Margot, you knew what was going to happen. Like. You know, we had been, you know, communicating. I told you that we were doing this very exclusive experience that was going to end with everyone dying. And you still came. And you brought Margot even after the girlfriend broke up with him. And that, you know, that then leads to some Margot and Tyler stuff. But, like, I don't know. Like, what the hell was going – what is Tyler's – deal i guess is the question is he such a fanboy that he's like i want to be part of this like final experience i mean is that what we were supposed to yes. take away yeah. Yeah. well he rafe tells him at one point he's the type he's like you know what the paco jet is and you know what all these tools are and whatnot and he basically said you took the magic out of our art because sure. of people like him the my, i freaks. guess my question is like is no, he really suicidal like do we really believe that he's like suicidal no it's like almost yeah it's almost like he's so desperate to be a part of it that he's willing to die to be, I mean, like, yeah, that's the point at which I, the black comedy definitely like, you know, you're, you're in an absurd universe where this yeah. guy's willing to die. It's also like, you know, if you think of Judith light or even the, like, even if, if he had brought his original girlfriend, like they didn't do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, They're we don't like know. Innocence. The original girlfriend might've been as much of a, okay. But Judith light, like she's there because her husband is there. I mean, well, no, nah, I mean, he does kind of talk about how they're, they're rich and they've been there so many times and like they don't even appreciate they don't have, it. Yeah. Like yeah. she can't. Yeah. She's that the one, scene she was says, like, really funny. Cod. Yeah. And yeah, then it was like a different kind of fish. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, uh, say, say cod. How they, uh, it, was, it was another white fish. The, um, uh, the, so then with Tyler, he, I mean, cause this is the other thing he like then has this whole, which this scene where he tells Tyler to go cook it, in my mind, that's like one of the better, <laughs> when you talk about black comedy, yeah, really, really yeah. well done. Um, but then he says something to Tyler, which is not, they don't let us hear. And then Tyler goes and kills himself. So presumably he like, so emasculated is probably not the right word. He like, so broke him down emotionally. Cause if, if you believe that Tyler was there, to die because he knew everyone was going to die. But then the chef's like, sorry, you're such a pathetic piece of shit. Like you don't even get to participate in the like grand gunal. How the hell do you say that word? Jonas. Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> uh, All you think of is Robert Goulet. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, all right. Fair enough. Um, but he doesn't even get to like experience the final. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, it's funny too, though, with that character of Tyler, he was annoying the shit out of the chef. Dude, he's from so, the very beginning. He is such, <laughs> he is so such an annoying character. Like he's so good yeah. between oh, yeah. that. Just the, it works what it's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. And like when he came in, I was rolling when they, after we have this sequence where he makes all the male guests, take off and try and escape and they send the staff after him and Tyler comes back afterwards 
And his first reaction was nothing to do with we've been chased all over the island. It was he was jealous because the women got something else. He's like, "What'd you get?" And he was grabbing everything off yeah. the table. Oh man! Well, I loved when he didn't run, and and he was just like, "No, no, you, do. <laughs> like, yeah, you do." Yeah. The best was the the best was the um, the end of the 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 dude chase where the one guy is in the chicken coop. And it's not even like a big deal. When they, he just opens a little window and he's like, here, you get this because you were the last one to get caught. It, I think it was the, the egg Joe that you were talking about. The, yeah. Right. It, it was an egg, egg dish. Yes. The, the yeah. quail egg with the other <laughs> emulsified egg inside it or whatever. I love the small detail when Tyler has to cook his meal, which he picks what leeks, shallots and lamb. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as he drops the butter on the pan, you can tell that the pan's been too hot and been on the flame for too long right. because it starts spinning. Mm. And you know, whatever you put in there is immediately going to start burning. It's like, oh, you fucking rookie. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I mean, but that it's, it's cool to hear. Cause like, I mean, I, you know, like I, have cooked my wife like cooks a lot like i am like but everything i know about like high-end kitchen work is like from tv (laughs) so that that that, that's like a real detail i mean eric you mentioned i was looking at the writers they're both mostly like late night tv folks like one of them was on uh seth meyer show for like seven years or something but they like somebody came in and told or they have that experience in their previous life yeah yeah for sure yeah, probably a lot of angles like that. I don't know. The more we talk about it, that Tyler character cracks me up more than anything. Because there was even like that scene when they were supposed to be running for their lives and you found him trying to peek in the windows because he is so jealous of what it was. But yet he was so incompetent at the same time. Well, and the reveal does square some of the stuff with his character because early on when people start like dying and getting maimed, like some of the people are freaking out, but then convincing themselves it's okay. He just doesn't seem to give a shit. He's just like, oh, oh, yeah, and you're, you're like, right. it's kind of yeah. weird. But then once the reveal happens, like it makes total sense. Well, and he's very upset that she's not eating the meal, like that she's not sort of savoring it. And he is like, he's, he's doing the like ultimate savoring his last so meal. So what actually, what I, what I would love for you guys to do is explain to me. Cause I, I like kind of understand it, but not fully. What is going on in Rafe? What is going on between her and Ray finds at the end that causes Ray Fiennes to let her go. Like, oh, why yeah. is okay. it that not eating and sending the food back somehow wins his respect and like permission? So, well, somebody else go. I can give my, I don't know. So my take is his whole problem is that all these people, his craft has become so big that it, he can only feed those super awful, super rich people. And they just kind of, take whatever he throws and calls it brilliant and she actually called him on it and sent it back and said she wanted the cheeseburger which she kind of interpreted from what she found in his house that you know that was the only time picture she saw him smiling or whatever it's the way i took it oh and is so that what he the was fact making that she in that called pic- him on it well, okay yeah. i didn't i did not connect that so that's what he was making i remember her going through his stuff yeah, because well, at one point, it's like his first. It's like his first job, and he has like okay. a framed like employee of the month. Okay, and he and from I know like he a al- McDonald's. I know he also event. was like, I can't remember the last time I like enjoyed the thought of making food for someone. Yeah, Joe? I think it was the fact that she called him on it, and it wasn't going along with the bullshit like everybody else in the room. It's like, okay, you learned your lesson, 
Joe, what were you going to say? Oh, it definitely gets that something that you encounter in real kitchen life with uh, chefs that have gone like very big. I like, think like Steven Starr type big. Uh, and like pig I don't know even who that, I know who that is, but I realize I don't know who that is, Joe. <laughs> it's a it's a film thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, one thing like even Anthony Bourdain and all that. Anthony Bourdain was really good about uh, linking his fondness for food back to his actual passion, which was like the people's food. And his show really represented that. Pig had that one moment where uh, he Nicholas Cage ends up essentially like emasculating the other chef for giving up on his dream, which was not to do something that was catering to bring in money, but was for his own passion. It was like a, I think an Irish pub in that movie. Mm -hmm. It gets back to that kind of same trope and it, it is a trope when it comes to the industry. And I I love that. That was his uh, Achilles heel. So my I have, by the that, way, I have read portions of Anthony Bourdain's book. <laughs> my, I, I read it. I mean, he gives her the option to basically be one of the chefs or like one of the mm-hmm. the consumers. Um, the like, she never really had the chance. You never think she's going to have the chance to leave, but the like solving his like. And maybe it's like a little too clean or easy. Like when she sees the cheeseburger thing, it it allows her to okay. connect with him. But so like here's a- what I was missing though. So when she requests the cheeseburger, like to what you're saying, it's it, he's it's connecting it. He's she he saw- he knows that he she saw that picture. Um, no, I don't he, think so. Because he knew that she, because he knew that she, but he knew that she was going through his house because he says to her, like, you found my radio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he may, um, he may know or like, it it almost doesn't matter. Like what she sees is how happy he is in that picture where he's holding that emotion. Exactly. Exactly. And so, but like, I also, there's a little bit of like the ordering of the cheeseburger is also like a class signaling thing. It's like, right you know, I'm, I don't want this bullshit that you're making. Like, I love like, the, rever- I love the reverence that the other chefs had sitting around watching him make the burger, like in a circle. That, yeah. really good. that yeah. burger looks so fucking good <laughs> too. Did. Like, yeah, oh I did. God. But I, think I love cheeseburger. But like, cause he's mad at these people that want shit like the foam and the emulsions and stuff like that. She asked him to make real food, which is where his passion was. Yeah. The, um, well, and the taking it to go, at least my read on that was just like, that was like, okay, offensive. can I leave now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I just thought so. that was a cherry on top of like <laughs> insulting him. Yeah. No, I thought for sure that there would be more, there would be some kind of pursuit out of that after that, like you were saying, Schnars, and she asked him, you know, can I get it to go? I took it the same way, but I figured there'd be some kind of response after he let her go. Like he'd send somebody because he's been doing that throughout the whole movie. Yeah. It's uh. Like it, it, I don't know. There was, there was like the, the, a lot of it hinges on how much you believe their like interplay and it works just enough. I think that, you know, yeah. like it's, it's, there's a, like, we, I don't know, Eric, you referenced, I think the movie's an hour and 47. That's what I saw on IMDb. Like it's, it's like not a tight 90, but it's not. This is a decent hour and 50 movie, which has been a long time since I've said that on the show. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, well, but I, I would make the point that they're actually like trying to cover more ground than maybe they should have. Like they need to. Yeah. It's yeah. hard because yeah. like what do you, your other option is you basically have to like minimize further one or two or some group of those characters. We haven't even talked about them, but like the finance bros were my favorite, I think. Oh, of course. Yeah. But I would also yeah. argue that like the finance bros and their boss was like the most muddled as far as. Uh, the chef's uh, motivations, because, I mean, you got an idea. The guy bought the company, the restaurant from him, and he wasn't happy about that. But it wasn't as fine-tuned as some of the other – or well-described as some of the other groups. Yeah, I mean, it to me, that one was a little clearer because it just – it was like it's an obvious my passion for cooking went away because now I'm cooking – basically for someone else because someone else, yeah, you know, whether owns or invested in this, this business. Um, and so he has to chase the money, just like stay ahead of it. I like, I also, I mean, <laughs> this was the rant I was like teeing up before and then like forgot about the economics on this restaurant do not work. <laughs> like you, so at 12, even at 1250, a plate with 12 people per day, like, it just doesn't work. Like I, you know, that's not like super complicated math. So you know, I can't do um, math, John. Yeah, but they're not buying supplies either. Uh, yeah, but like they have they'll to run this island. Like the island is probably dead. Like the, yeah. I don't know. It's like that shit is all expensive. Like the the running the boat is expensive. Like I don't know. It, I don't know, Joe. Way. What did what did you think, Joe? Was was the, as far as like. The cost the, of all that? Would the finances of this restaurant survive more than like two weeks? <laughs> no, absolutely not. But it's uh, in the restaurant industry, I actually I think word of mouth is more lucrative than actual money. And like the the idea there of it being so um, exclusive. Yeah. Look, there yeah. was this there were more staff on the island than there were diners. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, that staff. I mean, I don't know. Maybe cooks get paid very, very little. I, but like, I presume if you're operating at this level, they're not working for free. Now, they might work cheap because they also were like living there. Like, that was like and an interesting like, little in a, in plot a cult twist. Also, yeah. sorry. They're also in a cult. So maybe they're not even being. Yeah. Up. Well, fair. See, that's I part would, of the, that's <laughs> nice. Oh my god, I haven't seen that logo in forever. <laughs> they uh, that was part of my question too, though. Like with the kitchen staff not being familiar with that world outside of TV, I don't know why any of these people on the kitchen staff would be wanting to stick around with this. And they didn't really give us a reason why they would be sucked in, other than the typical "he's the chef" and they're enamored of him kind it, of relationship. It happens. And maybe that's uh, all it is. Jiro Ono has an amazing sushi restaurant in a subway in Tokyo. And his staff is dedicated. One of his staff members is his son. But the rest of the staff has been there for like decades. And it's a nine to 12 person seating. I think once or twice a day for sushi in the subway. And you're mm. probably paying upwards of... I mean, back at like it's upwards of probably like twelve to thirteen hundred dollars at this point just to sit down and. Mm-hmm. But that works when you have a two or three person staff for whatever you know, like a sushi yeah. restaurant, like a, a real sushi chef. Like, it's like three people, like you know. Yeah. But I don't know it. Whatever we don't have, and like 
these finance guys, like, I mean, you could make the case. Oh, they're that, so obnoxious. I couldn't deal with it. Well, and, <laughs> and like the venture capital angel investor or whatever that, whatever, I think you called him an angel investor. Cause then obviously there's like the angel moment, but he, um, you could make the case sort of to Joe's point that like, it was never meant to be a like lucrative financial business. It was meant to be like a, uh, a, a status business. The, yeah. the that, way that he that dies, the whole, like the theatricality of the way that he dies yeah. is Amazing. so good. It's really good. Yeah. He's just like gestures to the ocean. And the guy's just being <laughs> like lowered down. <laughs> um, I, so all right, I, I don't know. Do it. Is, if there's other stuff about the movie, we can do it. I, I was, I wanted to ask Joe another food question. But. Go ahead. Well, you referenced this meal that you ate before. I'm actually curious. What is like, what's your, if you had to pick one dining experience. Oh, one I mean, di- in, my, like, in my personal life? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, or work-related, I guess, if you were. Shit. Um, funny enough, street food in Jamaica was uh, just the goddamn best. Uh, and we had street food in Jamaica and then went up into this little village where it was, yep, here is the fish that we're going to eat and the chicken we're going to eat and all took care of all of that on site. I'm okay with all of that. Other people there were not. Um, I, I fucking loved it. It was, mm. uh, it's exactly Wait, elaborate, what I Elaborate on what you're saying here. Oh, we killed the chicken and gotcha. like took care of the fish and all of that. It was, uh, I don't know that that was, it's, it's hard to put into words, which is a terrible thing for a podcast. Have right? you killed a kid, a chicken? Joe? <laughs> Have I killed a chicken? Yes. Yeah. How did you do it? Tell me in detail. I cut its head off. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. yeah. Do they scream? No, I'm just kidding. Um, my mom walked in one time and I was making, uh, Laura, uh, goose and i was literally defeathering at that point she's like what is happening right now <laughs> like dwight Schrute. and then yes exactly <laughs> i said beat Oof. it back to the farm love yeah. it um uh, anything else on this movie before we round it out here by final shot that final overhead shot with like the spices the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly so good one of my favorites of all year. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Can we, so do we, do we spoil it or we don't have to, but I did love the like actual concluding the, the dessert, the, whatever you want to yeah. call that. Like last course was just incredible. It was, very, it was a little, uh, midsummery. Oh yeah. It yeah, was. Yeah, it was. I mean, even with the, like, uh, the apparatus that was rolled out and put on these people and stuff. But, cracked, did, you know? but like absurd, like so yeah. absurd, like it's, you know, intentionally, obviously, uh, I loved it. Did I it leave think- you wanting some more? hundred <laughs> percent. First of all, love us more just to be clear. So yeah. I did take some offense. When You're one was, of the people, John, cause you like s'mores, <laughs> you know, they're delicious. <laughs> they are. I think the, the moment though, for me that really nailed this down to being satire and black comedy is when we finally get to the reason why John Leguizamo's character is there. I was rolling. He's like, Oh, I had a day off and I saw your movie and I did not like it. <laughs> I'm still trying to remember the name of that goddamn movie. I know. Man, well, and then they, they, there's a great callback to that joke later when the other 
the the, the, uh, the Coast Guard guy is like, I love yeah, that the, movie. Yeah, the fake Coast Guard guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Would you recommend the menu, Joe? Yes. Casey? Yes. John? Yes. I would also say yes. Uh, let's gonna do it. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. You know, a lot of people write me and say, hey, Joe Bob Briggs, just what is Monster Vision? You don't need no special glasses or an insect's head. Just a healthy love for slime and disrespect for the dead. We'll talk about some movies by the old double wide. And when you get that creepy feeling creeping up inside, well, then you got monster vision. It's a heck of a fright. We're tearing the heart out of Saturday night. These monster vision movies serve a primitive drive. Cause watching people die can make you feel so alive So throw away your clicker now, the flicks have begun Cause there's nothing you can do while fully dressed It's as fun as watching TNT beneath the bugs after light We're tearing the heart out of Saturday night Tearing the heart out of Saturday night Hey, I'm Joe Bob Briggs, and you're listening to the Bloody Good Horror Podcast. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. And we're back. I had an epiphany recently about that Joe Bob promo. I've been going back and watching the little Monster Vision episodes I've been talking about. First of all, I know I've been saying this on the show. I, the shit he says on those old Monster Vision, I, I won't even repeat it on air. Like, it's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> like, the people who get upset about the shit he says on, like, The Last Drive-In have clearly never gone back and watched these old episodes. Because, like, <laughs> man, it was a different time. Uh, but, like, you know, I've worked in TV my whole career, and I've worked in promos. I've, like, written logs that like for commercials and promos whatever basically it occurred to me i know i said i never thought of this when i was watching these old episodes that's a 60 second that thing we just aired that's a 60 second promo for monster vision so like that's not airing unless you have not sold out all your commercials (laughs) so like if you were seeing that that wasn't a good thing for monster vision (laughs) that means there were you know there was money on left on the table john so to speak there you go I don't think this is going to make my top 10. Ooh. I mean, the only I thing... I think it's probably making mine, I think. The only thing I, I would be into bump okay to bump at this point is Pearl. Um, but I need to rewatch that. I don't know, because everybody's like, I love Pearl. And I feel like I don't get it. Yeah, anyway. maybe you didn't. 
Maybe you didn't get it. Do you remember her boning the scarecrow? I do remember that scene. Yeah, okay. I do. Well, you don't, do you have you a know. do you have a love for stag films? <laughs> <laughs> All uh, the stag films I need, I get from uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, when you're not on Bloody Good Horror, where can people find you? Oh, uh, films the first sight podcast. Um, we're, uh, coming back, uh, next year with uh, a whole new season and that'll be fun. And I actually have a few pieces for the site, uh, that I'll be writing up, uh, a little past overdue, uh, coming for, up for BGH for BGH. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Uh, so I, I covered, uh, exhume films, 24 hour horathon and I stayed up all 24 or it was actually 27 hours, uh, 15 films. Jesus, dude. And were you so actually watching uh, them or were you like doing other stuff? Oh no, I my ass was in the seat. Uh, don't watching. you have don't you have kids? You were at a theater, weren't you? Yeah. What? Yeah. It was, it's a sold out theater. Um people line up around like nine or earlier than that, but around ten AM, doors open. Uh movies start at noon and they're supposed to end noon the next day, and it usually ends up being around one or two o'clock. I have a sweet pint glass uh, with a bunch of images from like the church and uh, in, uh, Meg Tilly's uh, invasion of the body snatchers on it that, uh, to celebrate. You must feel insane at like 10 a.m. the second day. Dude, so, I would feel insane at like 9 p.m. the first night. <laughs> <laughs> this was happening right in the midst. And the reason the piece isn't done is because it was happening right in the midst of um, – the Phillies and the union and the Eagles all kind of going crazy around here. Mm -hmm. And I got out of the theater. Didn't, uh, literally got a bloody Mary and <laughs> sat down and watched the Phillies game that started in like 45 minutes after I finished up. It was, and then I think <laughs> the Eagles played that night. It was a mess. You're so look man. forward to that. I have so many questions. <laughs> like, doesn't that physically hurt? Like you were sitting most of that time. Yeah. In a uh, theater that was built in 1904. Right. Uh, the seats oh, are not like, didn't your back hurt or your hips? Like I would be in so much pain. I mean, my back so always hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so how, like I'm, I'm literally flabbergasted that that's humanly possible. <laughs> e edibles and alcohol. I don't know. <laughs> what else to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> man. Shit's wild. Uh, I feel worse for my buddy that always attends these with me because, like, I'm 5'8", he's 6'5", and there is not a lot of room between the rows. And so he's trying to figure out ways to kind of angle his, like, enormously large body to... Right, I mean, on most theater seats, I can actually put my head back, even on, like, non-leather seats, yep. you know? Not in this. <laughs> Man. It's wild, dude. Um, did you ever, I know you said you were trying to come up with a list of movies that end in pools. Did you ever come up with, uh, anything good? So, I mean, I have three on my list, so I, I'm looking for really, and like tweet at me at uh PS trophy hunter or, um, I don't know. You can find me through what the is that Rodney, GH that Rodney Dangerfield that? movie where he's a diver. Does that end in a pool? Back that's to just cool. That's just a oh, movie I'm thinking of yeah. as a pool, but I don't know if it, it actually does. Kind of climax there. Yeah. 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 The triple, the triple ending. ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'll count it. I'm adding it right now. Cause right now I have blood rage. It follows. Yeah. It follows yeah, is yeah, the one yeah. that I was 
Let the right one in. Let the right one in. That yep. was the other yep. one I was thinking of. All right. Poltergeist. Poltergeist is another really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Does that end in the? But is that is that the climax though? Because uh, well, no. it's like that final scene. No, the climax so. is that big head thing, right, coming out of the portal. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there is a big scene that where they're digging the pool. Because if we're but just it's talking, not the climax. If we're just talking cool pool scenes, let's talk a little. Strangers pray at night. <laughs> Love that scene, but not the climax. Yeah. There's oh man, this is gonna drive me nuts. All right, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna think. There's a movie called Swimming Pool. Yeah, uh, from oh, yeah. 03. You remember that movie? Charlotte Rampling. Yeah. I don't know if the climax actually takes place in the swimming pool. I can't remember. I've seen it. I think I saw it in the theater, actually. It's, it's been, wow. That is That feels like a 42nd Street viewing. Um, no, it was at the Ritz in Philly. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, one of them. I can't remember which one, but. Yeah, there's not many left. <laughs> are they Are they gone? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Joe. We're almost at the end of the year here. What what are your what's your like top five for the year? Horror movies, Ooh, not top, not pool related movies. Horror movies. Top five horror movies. Uh, my top five horror movies. If I can actually click on a list and I duplicate it, that's just wonderful. Uh, I got Saloom as my number one. It is a Senegalese uh, Western action horror hybrid. It will. Th- it kind of flows in between all the genres as it tosses out this amazing, almost from dusk to dawn folklore tale at you. Um, I put it on our list for the, for the, you know, see if we can get it in before the end of the year. I'm going to try and watch it either way. So it's really good. Yeah. Um, Barbarian was, uh, is up there for me. Mm-hmm. Very good. You Won't Be Alone is uh, another one, and I'm going to go into Eastern Europe with this one. It's a uh, folk That's Isn't that the new Mira Pace? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find my review of it on the on your site. Oh, well, I will go look. And then uh, X and Pearl wrap it up for me for my top five. Okay. X and Pearl. Which one do you like better? If you had a, Is it X? It is X. That, I like, think I also, I'll agree. Yeah, because I, I think Pearl, the strengths of Pearl are too kind of intertwined in knowing what occurs in X. I think Pearl without that X would, is like confounding. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. It makes me really excited for the next one, which I'm hoping is more of like closer to, I don't know, you guys ever see Angel from uh, the 1980s? Yeah, didn't Joe so. didn't Joe Bob do it last year last season? He did, he did, and uh, it, it's not it's a horror movie. It's about like a it's high school a hooker slasher. or something. Yes, it is uh, a high school hooker and has the most offensive cover that would never fly nowadays. But really, is about a ragtag family in L.A. and I love sleazy L.A. in the 1980s. Yeah. You get to see yeah. a great billboard of Return of the Jedi actually playing. Um. Yeah, yeah, say so I, one of the. I wish I had written it down, but one of those old Joe Bob episodes, I was watching that actress from Angel is in the movie, and he go on like uh, you know '90s national TV goes on a, on a little soliloquy about how much he loves Angel. It. I, I feel like it's Susan Tyrell because Susan Tyrell is just amazing. Will back up anything she does. They made they made three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the second one, Avenging Angel, solid. The third one, not so great. 
<laughs> it's usually the case, I feel like. They lost you on the... Yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough. Okay. I don't know. I don't think nothing will ever top the baby on the last drive-in for me. That was one. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of this just, Angel movie. This looks wild, the, though. The baby is just a monumental piece of cinema that, like, yeah. Yeah, Angel's pretty good. I've seen it a couple times. I thought about the baby a lot during Barbarian. Mm, interesting. Yeah. There's some DNA there. Uh, Casey, what do we got on Twitter tonight? On Twitter, we got a couple questions tonight. We've got our hashtag SPGH. Send us questions. We'll answer. First up, we have one from M in Portland. Is there an era or period of time you'd like to see more of in horror? What prompted me to ask is I watched The Headhunter and thought we need more horror set in the Middle Ages. Westerns, too, like Bone Tomahawk. I love Western horror. I think I've yeah. discussed this on the show eh. previously. Um, Not that into it. Middle Ages horror, also very, very cool. Um, I think it, like, the hard part is the genre mechanics get a little clunky. Like, you start adding, like, too much stuff in. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, what the hell was the the uh, movie we were talking about earlier that we all watched together? <laughs> six, six. Um, that's like John. That's a that's like period. The Devils. Uh, yeah, the Devils. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> there's a movie called Black Death. Have you guys seen this with uh, Sean Bean? Yeah. Yep. That's. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I can't remember. I saw it with uh, with other Joe at a t- like preview screening and i remember walking out and being like that was way better than i was expecting hmm. it's like middle ages middle ages horror black death horror yeah i think there's some good things you could explain you could especially in like medieval times there's some good monster stuff you could explore there fairly easily and still stick to the tropes i think i want somebody to make if they're going to make a Friday the 13th sequel, I want somebody to make one like you're just picking up in 1988 and making another one exactly like that. Like, that's pretty much all I want. from those mm. movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have a longtime listener and good friend of BGH at Whitney, please. Have you ever had a meal at a Michelin star restaurant? If so, which one? My best dining experience ever was a two Michelin star restaurant in Tokyo called Ren. And yes, I can remember multiple things I ate, including lobster, abalone, and the onigiri. Abalone. I'm sure. Is it abalone? I wasn't sure. I'm sure I have not. I actually don't know if I have. I will say this, though. I lived. I sort of think I have probably. I lived in Boston for like 10 years on and off, and the sushi in Boston is really amazing. I don't know that place we went in New York City when our when we had our BGH business meeting was fancy as hell to me. That was so, yeah. that was pretty good. Oh, you <laughs> that mean was the, good. the place Schnars yeah. was like seven p.m. drunk at and being like loud as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I love that, Eric. Like you can't you cannot shame me. That was like <laughs> not that out of line in my mind. So <laughs> please, I, I have had a dinner. I have no idea if it had a Michelin star rating or not. I have had dinner at uh, Gordon Ramsay's Steak in uh, Vegas, which was amazing. Yeah, I love a good steakhouse. So that place we ate was called Quality Meats. Um, they've like it's become like more of a not chain. There's but there's a lot of quality. Like they've expanded the franchise a lot uh, since then. Um, it's yeah. still great. I can get and into there's it. like yeah, there's one it. in my neighborhood. That I can we get into all a, the time. I can get into a nice. really good steakhouse. I went to one out here a few years ago, and they smoked my drink, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. All I know is I had a $60 prime rib at Gordon Ramsay's Steakhouse, and it was tasted every bit of $60. <laughs> so, 
it was amazing. <laughs> I Did you even have to use a knife on it? Like those sort of states, you just use your fork and exactly. And... This was in was Vegas, back, right? Yeah. I feel like I ate at a Gordon Ramsay thing in Vegas too. I can't remember what I had. He runs right. that town. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's not All hard. Right, last up, we have from at Schnecky ninety one. Food you thought would suck but ended up being pretty good. Had peanut butter on a burger once. Not bad. Not sure if that's normal, but it was new to me. That doesn't sound bad to me. That's not normal. I've never heard of that, but yeah. sounds terrible. I love peanut butter on anything, really. So, And I love cheeseburgers. I think it's one of those things that with all the strong flavors of the burger, I think it just adds richness. Yeah. Like I think it would blend in. Yeah, yeah I I'm not, not going to do it. I'm definitely not going to try See, I just imagine all that ground beef getting stuck to the roof of yeah. your mouth with the peanut butter. And just, uh, yeah, hold on, I don't think we're talking about that much peanut butter. Just <laughs> <laughs> and it's not chunky. <laughs> yeah. um, it's pretty, pretty commonplace nowadays. But I remember when we first, the, my first time going to Red Robin and finding a uh, fried egg on my burger blew my mind, and that was pretty <laughs> delicious. Yeah, funny. fried eggs on burgers are great. I don't know if I have a great answer. I'm I'm pretty like I'll eat pretty much anything once. Like so. Yeah. I've eaten all sorts of weird animals. Um lion was good. What? What? That sounds yeah, illegal. Was, yeah. Well, there's a place in Philly back in the day called Zoot that used to serve like all sorts of exotic game. And I, I don't want to get you guys canceled just by even talking about this, but mm, delicious. I mean, we're not, are you, this, just are you, patient, are you COVID-19 patient zero? Did you eat like a monkey somewhere? <laughs> I had three bats. And just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Bat burger. Caught him in your backyard. <laughs> Andy used to have a place like that. That was game. I don't know that they had anything exotic as lion, but it was called a uh, Lake lodge. They had like elk medallions and stuff like that. Rabbit. I had elk. I had elk heart tartare once. Ooh. Bro, you've, you're more adventurous than I. I'll eat anything. I mean, I, like, I might try it, but I wouldn't order it. Like, I'm not going to look at the menu <laughs> and be like, ooh, elk heart tartare. Yeah. Um, but, but if Joe ordered it, I might try a bite. <laughs> there you go. All right. Set it on uh, Twitter. That is. First up on Instagram, who wins? Cocaine Bear, Meth Anaconda, or Bath Salts Hippo? <laughs> Someone sent me that Cocaine Bear trailer today. So a guy I worked with, a buddy of mine. And Carrie <laughs> Russell's in that movie. Uh, well, it's Ray Liotta, isn't it? Isn't he like Yeah. That? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, is an easy one. I think, I think I think so. Um, as scary as bears are, hippos are like notorious murderers. And you put a oh, hippo yeah. on bath salts and he's going to fuck everything up. Yeah, fuck that bear. That bear's dead. <laughs> um, ever have Rocky Mountain oysters? Not terrible if you can get past what they are. No, no, Joe. Yes, I knew I it. Assume yes, I yeah. knew it. I knew it. You know what's yeah. funny, Joe? I I randomly picked you for this episode because I just it had been a while since you'd been on. You were you are perfect for this episode. <laughs> I just I got I must have been sp- spoken to by the universe. Yeah. Uh, guys, Elizabeth Banks is directing this cocaine yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ! Been in the works for a couple of years. I'm glad she finally got yeah, it. Yeah, John, did you know they let women direct now? 
<laughs> no, I mean, I've, we've seen we've seen at least, or I've seen at least one of her movies. But yeah, she didn't she direct all those Pitch Perfect movies. Yep. Yeah, I love, she, I love uh, the I've first never seen one. one of those. <laughs> first one's great. Second one's fine. Um, there's a there's a new one of those, by the way, and it's all on uh, Adam. What's his name? Well, there's uh, a series. I thought they did. There's like a. It's like Bunker and. Germany or something. Oh like yeah, that. it's the one random dude. The dude from yeah. Workaholics. Yeah, it's like a spinoff. Um, are you the type of person that always orders the same thing at a restaurant, or do you try to explore? Depends on the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it's like have- enough. Yes. Well, what do you order? So it depends. El Car Tartar, uh, apparently. El Car Tartar. No. <laughs> If it's like a, a pub, I want to see how the Reuben is. Like that's like my go-to. Yeah. Uh, just like drinks. I have like certain staples, fish and chips, uh, stuff like that. Unless there's like something weird on the menu, I'm like, all right, let's let's see what we can fuck with here. But yeah, see, I go shepherd's pie at an at, an, at a strange pub. I mean, you got to evaluate. You, you got to do shep- a look around. Good I shepherd's, do love shepherd's pie, pie is yeah, so good. Love it. Schnars, if you're if you're ever out this way, come by the whip down Dude. southeast uh, Chester County. Shepherd's pie yeah. is the fucking best. We're not. <laughs> I was there. You know, I was I was in Delco for uh, Thanksgiving. Not not so far. Nice. What I will say is, I will. I trust my instinct. I look at a menu, and the first thing I think of, that's what I order. That's just a lesson I learned because anytime I ever second guess myself and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get this. That was always the wrong choice. So like, that's always my advice. Just go with the first thing. Yeah. It depends on the restaurant. We've got a restaurant uh, that we used to go to uh, over by work called Fat Dance and go to Fat Dance. They've got great food, but I'm going to get the chicken wings. That's Fat Dance because they sell these amazing smoked real fat chicken wings. And that's what I'm going to Fat Dance for. (laughs) Good old fat Dan's. What's the most pretentious meal you've ever had? Mm. I had I mean, a, I couldn't even tell you where it was. It was some place in downtown India. My wife's got a good friend whose family is quite wealthy and we got invited to her birthday party once years ago. And it was a multi-course thing, kind of like this. And there was like a sushi course and whatnot. Um, I don't really remember a whole lot of it. It wasn't terrible, but it was definitely a new experience for me. I don't know that I would call any. I don't know. Like, we, Suzanne and I, like, don't go out to eat ever anymore. I mean, yeah, we have three same. children. Like, that we don't, we can't afford that. But before we had kids, we used to do, like, you know, we, like, for our, someone's birthday you forget, would do like a big meal forget affording it it's not enjoyable to go out to oh see kids. oh yeah. no no yeah, and like well, no, no. i see i know people like co-workers whatever, like i see them they're all the time going out to restaurants with their little kids i'm like what what bath salts are you on that this is fun <laughs> to you? We, we will take our kids out to a meal but like you go early you go to a place where it's like they can break a plate and you're not gonna feel bad <laughs> no no i mean like we used to go like we live in new york city like there's very good restaurants and we would like go to nice restaurants you know, like some of them are more pretentious than others, but like usually they're. You kind have of, no, like, yeah. Here's the thing, John. I love you. Your pretentious scale is broken. You like you live in man. Like I don't trust that you would know. 
But like, my point is like, why? Like, when was the like, last time you were lived in, in New York? When was the last time you were in a Chili's, John? Oh, I mean, I'm not <laughs> that long ago. Like it, within the last five years, I'm sure. Okay, I like. It. Um, What's your Chili's order? <laughs> uh, like typically, I'm going to go like a chicken fingers in that situation. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. They make but, a good. Uh, last time I was at a Chili, I mean, it's years ago, but I got a patty melt. It's real good. Okay. I love their boneless buffalo wings. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Like that's. I said chicken fingers. Like yeah, boneless buffalo sounds perfect. Then the chilies chicken chicken fingers used to come with corn on the cob. That was my favorite part. Yes. <laughs> wasn't chilies? Is it chilies growing up? Isn't chilies a place that invented the like? Here's a skillet of melted cheese that you just dip bread into. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also amazing. Or like refried yeah. beans. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Um. A lot of these are kind of repeats. Here's the last question of the evening. What dish can you make better than a restaurant can? I have an answer for this. It is scrambled eggs because <laughs> every diner in America overcooks their eggs. Every yeah. single one of them does not know how to make eggs. I'm on egg TikTok, John, like because TikTok like knows most- I like eggs. And people like to post their videos with like, here's my breakfast sandwich hack. Every single one of them is cooking their eggs way too long. They're like rubber by the time they're done. (laughs) But but I would say most breakfast foods are like equally good at home as in a restaurant. Like, I don't know. It's not that hard. I mean, if you're having like a, like, I don't know. There's, there's some extravagant breakfast that I would not make at home, but just because I don't want to clean it up. Mm. I don't know about it. I don't know about restaurants, but I've been told by my family that I make better uh, potato soup than my mom. Potato soup. Yeah. <laughs> Show her. What is there yeah. like some bacon in that? Oh, no, you do. I do shredded uh, hash browns in a crock pot and then you mix in your other stuff. And then in the like the last hour, you chop up kielbasa and throw it in there. Oh, yeah. that sounds sounds hearty. Yeah, it's pretty good. What about you, Joe? I can make you some wings that will like the, the, when you bite into them, like the crispness that it will make, it will like send off like an audio flare. If you had a microphone around, Uh, I make really, really good wings. Yummy. Wow. Homemade wings. I, I, you know what? Like, I don't know, Joe, if, if you're as, as a former chef, maybe this isn't cool. Uh, wings in the air fryer. Really good. It's like a really good way to get them crispy. Yeah. Yeah, double yeah. batter them and uh, get them in the air fryer for a certain period Same of time. Same with, uh, it changed the game for me when, like in cooking chicken thighs. Yeah. Like to actually yeah. get them crispy and cooked through well. Thighs are tough. Thighs are tough. Yeah. It sounds super, stu- it's, I mean, it is super simple, but I made my very first uh, grilled cheese in the air fryer earlier tonight before the show, and it was amazing. That sounds good, yeah. Sure. My air fryer is currently a hot mess because uh, I had to order a new tray because, like, here's the thing. You get these, like, nonstick trays. I'm like, my blood is, like, 90% of this nonstick shit that, like, gets in your system because I had this tray for a year that was, like, jacked up. I finally got rid of it. I ordered a new one on Amazon. It was like a half an inch too big for my air fryer. So I like mold, I like bent this thing with my like sheer force until I could cram it into the, cause I'm like, I'm not buying another one. That's horseshit. There's no way. So there you go. Uh, good times. Makeshift air yeah. fryer basket. 
That's what all the great chefs do is they bend their own <laughs> plates. You know? Yeah. I just <laughs> couldn't deal. Her. I was so pissed. I was like, fuck this. I just like bent it. Yeah. All right. Um, if you want to hear Joe, check out films at first sight. Uh, that's with Caitlin. It is. Yeah. Caitlin and Graham. We have a, uh, another r- new cast member. And so it's the three of us, uh, really kind of, uh, exploring our first time views of films, uh, all sorts of genres love it i go ahead uh speaking of caitlin she had me on an episode of plug it up for the first time i mean i was a little upset it took this long john a guest appearance wow uh here yeah we recorded this week it'll be out before the end of the year but i'm not she she's you know yeah she slings it nice i'm gonna be recording soon um with whitney for um how do you horror which is the bgh patreon spinoff uh, and I'm going to make her watch Jason Lives. Ooh. Nice. And then she's going to quiz me on it. So I myself will be joining uh, the dads over at Dads from the Crypt uh, next, uh, in January to uh, discuss um, one of the episodes from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, do we decide what we're coming back with next week? Speak no evil. There you go. It was it was uh, good, recommended. Good to luck. Us. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I should probably wait till. All I'm right. Not, so should I should I wait till I'm not sick anymore to watch it? Is what I'm hearing. It's you know make sure you have good vibes. Okay. <laughs> and can afford to have them ruined. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's on Shutter, right, Joe? <laughs> yes. Okay. Great. All right. Don't forget to check us out. patreoncom slash horror. Get a live stream of the show. Get the Patreon feed, get Slack, back episodes. It's everything you need. Um, And thank you for joining us. We will talk to you next week. See you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.